Welcome to Ebenezer Baptist Church on September 28, 2014. Today's message is titled, The Proper Use of Names, by Dr. Lyle Schrag, and is based on scripture, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, and Psalm 8. Would you join with me in a word of prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, as we gather together in this place, we, we add our voices together to sing your praise. And Lord, we use our voices in singing your praise and then are amplified by the voices we share together. Not only in the singing of your praise, but also, Lord, in the speaking of your word. So Lord, let the meditations of our heart, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to you, we pray. In the powerful name of Jesus, the name that is our, is our greatest treasure, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So let's get back to the Ten Commandments. We're going to be in the third commandment today. And I'd like to actually uh, start in getting to the Ten Commandments by sharing a lesson that I have learned as a grandpa. From the earliest moments, my kids and now my grandchildren have taught me the value of great literature, such as Dr. Zeus. In his epic novel, uh, Horton Hatches an Egg, uh, we are introduced in that in that novel to uh, a, a, a kind and gentle elephant named Horton, who happens upon a mother bird in the jungle, a mother bird who is in, in, in need, a mother bird named Maisie. Now, Maisie has an egg that needs to be cared for and kept warm while she takes a much-needed vacation and break. And so Horton the elephant offers to sit on the egg while Maisie leaves, and she never comes back. You can see why I'm so enthralled in these stories. I can hardly keep from turning the pages. So there Horton sits through rain and sleet and snow while all the animals in the jungle laugh at him. He takes it. And in the face of the challenges, Horton keeps repeating a powerful and memorable phrase. I meant what I said and I said what I meant, an elephant's faithful 100%. We could use that for our scripture passage this morning, couldn't we? In fact, would you say it together with me? I meant what I said. I said what I meant. An elephant's faithful 100%. That's great. I love it. It is found in the book of Hezekiah, chapter 5. No, I'm... As a phrase, it is something that is filled with integrity and honesty and commitment. And sometimes I wonder what it would be like if more and more that would be the motto of our day. I said what I meant. And I said what I meant. A father is faithful 100%. I meant what I said. I said what I meant. A mother is faithful 100%. I meant what I said and I said what I meant. A husband, a wife, an employee is faithful 100%. I meant what I said and I said what I meant. A student is faithful. A teacher is faithful 100%. Let me take it to a more fundamental level. Just what do you imagine our society and our homes and our churches would be like if we were to hear that resounding from the lips of the people? I have meant what I said, and I said what I meant. A Christian is faithful 
why we might even see a revival. But the fact is, we've got a problem. You see, there is a reluctance for many, and I confess it for myself as well, to treat our word as bond. There's a reluctance sometimes. In the midst of a world crisis uh, that surround us, that we hear about every day on the news, I was really struck uh, two weeks ago by a confession that was made by one diplomat who was describing negotiations, and he said this, the purpose of words is to conceal thoughts. No wonder we're in trouble. J.I. Packer, in his study on the Ten Commandments, which I understand you have in your library, he carries that further when he wrote this. Listen to what he says. There is an unwillingness to count ourselves committed by what we actually say. It is a symptom of sin, which is the moral maggot destroying integrity. Why are marriage vows or contracts between employer and employee, ordinary promises to do this, to see to that, to be here, to go there, so frequently broken? Why is our life littered with promises which, whether from malice, bad management, self-seeking, or sheer carelessness, we have failed to keep? Why do we so often let down those who trusted what we said? Because of our sinful unwillingness to take our own words seriously. Words mean things. And for that very reason, God lays out specific instructions in the third commandment on how to employ the most important word that we have, his name. It means something. So listen carefully what he says. It is just that one verse, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him guiltless who takes his name in vain. That's the way it's translated in the King James. In the NIV, we read, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord. At first, most people hear this and they recognize it and they automatically assume that this is the no swearing commandment. Stop that potty talk. (laughs) I was thinking that yesterday. I was sitting in uh, the barber shop. The lady barber cuts my hair and I was sitting next to an older gentleman and and the shop is in the middle of little Blaine town and all the characters in town seem to float by there. I, I almost feel like calling my barber Floyd from the old Mayberry store. And, and one young punk came into the uh, <laughs> barber shop with a skateboard. He comes by four or five times every day, the barber told me. And he came in just to visit her and he sat there and it seemed like every other word was a swear word. And the old guy sitting next to me, as, 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 as the young man was talking, I could hear him starting to, to, to grumble and rumble. It's like, uh, uh, uh. and finally the kid dropped an F-bomb. And the, young man, and, and the older man next to me just erupted. He said, watch your mouth. And the young man looked at him and said, oh, excuse my French. The old man looked at me and he goes, I know the French, and that is not French. <laughs> I, I loved it. I, I thought, great. That's, that's just something. The kid just he was stunned. That is not French. I know the French. Some might look at this, ver- uh, this commandment and think, oh, that's the stop swearing talk. And 
And, and to some degree, that's part of it. Something we probably should take more and more seriously, especially as we see our society dissolving into greater and greater profanity. <laughs> we all need a reminder that from time to time our language should be elevated. For years I used to work out at the YMCA down here by Langara, and I ran at lunchtime with a bunch of businessmen. And the language in the locker room was pretty salty, and I always got a kick out of it when a new guy joined our group to run in the noon hour. Somewhere in the, ro uh, in the run, we would get to know each other, and one of the guys would throw out a warning to him. He said, be, be careful, Lyle here is a reverend. And the, and the reaction was priceless. There would be dead silence from that guy for a little while. And you can almost hear the tape re, being rewound in his mind. He said, what, did I, what have I been saying? What words have I been using? And, 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 uh, and I always, you know, if I was feeling pretty spunky, I would, I would, uh, I would play with the guy and say, actually, uh, I'm a pastor and a Baptist pastor. <laughs> you know, and the guy, you know, he would go almost into a seizure. You know, why? Because, because I was a reminder, I guess about the carelessness that we have with our mouths. And just like you need to brush your teeth in order to combat bad breath, sometimes you just need to brush up on your vocabulary to combat stinky words, don't we? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Is it just about swearing? Study it a bit deeper and you will find that it is so, so much more than just profanity. Here God is, is throwing down a challenge for each of us, for you and for me, to cultivate a sense of integrity of our, in our lives, to say what we mean and mean what we say, because that is who we are. That while he gives our lives meaning, when we say what we mean and we mean what we say, that we do it with faithfulness, 100%, in honor of him. Now, there are two words that make all the difference in this verse, the word name and the word vain. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And so let me pause for a moment and look very carefully at the first of those words, the name of the Lord. In the Hebrew mind, a name was so much more than just a label. It was the definition of a person's character. It was the key that unlocked the inner nature of a person. And in the ancient Near East, it was viewed as almost a mystical treasure to be protected. In fact, you know, in the, in the ancient mind, the idea was that if you discovered a person's name, you would have their power. And what's amazing about this verse is that God chose to reveal his name, not to hold it just to himself, but to reveal his name to us as a way to invite us to call him by name and to make the treasure of his very being something very personal to ourselves. You get a picture of that almost every Christmas when we open Isaiah chapter 9 and we read of our Lord Jesus Christ, of the names he shall be given. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Suddenly we begin to realize the treasure of each one of those names is something personal into ourselves. Those who really know Jesus Christ can testify that those are more than just names. 
Each one of those reveal a quality of his character that we enjoy, that are part of our experience, that speak of the truth of our relationship with him. He loves you. He gave himself for you. He, he forgave you your sins, and in that he is wonderful. And his word gives you guidance and direction and purpose of life. He is the counselor. And the power of his spirit has set you free, has changed your life, and done in you what you could never do for yourself, what no man could ever do. He is the almighty God. He has filled your life with the confidence that you belong and that heaven is your home and that he is always there to greet you. He is the everlasting Father. And when you gave your heart to him, it was so right, and in him you found rest. He is, in fact, the Prince of Peace. Each name is a personal experience. And he gives us his name so that we would be able to give voice to everything that he is and everything that he has chosen to be in our lives. And in Jesus Christ, we live in the name of our Lord Therefore, we read in the third commandment, we should not take the name of the Lord our God in vain. And there is the second word, vain. What does it mean to take this treasure, the name of the Lord our God, in vain? The word simply means, the word vain simply means something that is empty devoid of meaning, something that is utterly irrelevant. Think that one through. Basically, it means that you have this treasure, and you know its value and its power, its effect not only in your life, but also the effect on the lives of others, but you deliberately discount it, and you ignore it, and you treat it as if it's worthless, that it means nothing. What's worse is that it's not a thing, but it's God, the triune creator, the sustainer, and the lover of your soul, that you have chosen to ignore him, and you do it at your peril. For he will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. It's your choice, but it's not only your loss, but it is lost for those who need to see him at work in your life. And there are consequences. Read on in the verse, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless, who uses, misuses his name, who takes it in vain. Now when I put the King James and the New International Version together, it adds several dimensions to this warning. Vanity implies that you are simply ignoring what God has given you. And that it lies somehow passive in a corner. Misuse implies that you are active abusing the privilege God has given you, and the warning of the command covers both of those things. You may wonder, well, how does it happen? How do I misuse the name? On your, on your sermon outline that you have in your bulletin and on the PowerPoint screen, I have offered three possibilities about the way in which we misuse the name of, of God. First, we, we do so, and, and, and it's... There are verses in the Bible that speak of this. I could probably bring up more, but I'll just have three. In Luke chapter 6, 46, Jesus brings out an indication, an illustration of how that name is misused when he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? 
What is he illustrating there? He's, he's talking about the carelessness of our use of his word. First, we abuse the name of the Lord when we are careless. It's as if we don't expect him to make any impact in our lives. I mean, it's just a name. I didn't really expect that it would mean anything. Uh, uh, you know, we, 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 we treat it as something careless. And we do that with each other. We do. Once, once as a pastor, I was, I was laid up in the hospital with a kidney stone for almost two weeks. Um, and one of, my, one of my church leaders actually came to visit me, and he asked me, is there anything I can do for you, pastor? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, yes. I need somebody to mow my lawn. <laughs> I'm in the hospital here for two weeks, and the grass is growing, so I need somebody to mow my, mow my lawn. Well, he laughed, and he said, <laughs> no, 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 I really mean it. Uh, pastor, is there anything I can do for you? I said, well, yeah, I really mean it. I need somebody to mow my lawn. He smiled. He said, oh, Pastor, you're such a kidder. And he told me, listen, I'll be praying for you, and if you do think of anything that I can do for you, let me know. Well, after two weeks, I ended up having to have the kidney stone removed by an operation. I gave birth to this kidney stone and finally was able to go home. And guess what the first thing was I had to do when I got home? I had to mow my lawn. It was out of control. Look, because of the Lord our God, you and I carry a name. We are Christians. And because of that, we have willingly committed ourselves to be his servant, his disciples. But face it, there are times when that main name means nothing. He knows it, and that's why he asks us in Luke 6:46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? We can treat his the name that is a treasure of our lives in a careless fashion. We can also treat it in a frivolous fashion. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 3, we read, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend it on what you get on your own pleasures. This is a matter of purpose. Is it your intention to, in your relationship him, with him, for him to serve your purposes or for you to serve his purposes. Giving you his name is an important thing. In the Bible, it is the foundation of the prayers that we make, for we pray in his name. But as we read in the book of James, it is possible that we expect to be able to manipulate him to fulfill our agenda, and that is just vanity taking his name in vain. We can be careless, we can be frivolous, we can also be thoughtless about the name that, that has been invested in our lives, the name by which we are known as Christians. We read in Matthew chapter 11, verse 36, I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. Well, there are just too many ways to illustrate this. Let me offer just one. One of the, way, one of the things I learned quickly in ministry is the value of thoughtful prayer. In my first year or so, I happened to be listening to a tape of a service and happened to hear myself leading the congregation in prayer and realized that I hadn't given it much thought. And as I listened to that prayer, I thought to myself, what on earth was I thinking? From that point, I realized that I better write my prayers down, seeing that as a discipline, as an offering to God, rather than just kind of flipping it out with thoughtless slogans, shaking my sleeve, 
hoping something meaningful might come out because I was just being thoughtless with the most treasured gift that he had given in prayer. Look, the Lord has given us a treasure that deserves the quality and the integrity of our obedience, and it forms the foundation of our faithfulness and integrity. It's a magnificent and majestic name that we have been given, the name of Jesus that we take to heart, which then asks the question, what are we doing with it? And what is it doing in us? I want to close with a story. A very special and dear friend, a man who, <clears throat> who I really came to love. He, he, he died this last spring, and, and I miss him tremendously. But he was a dear friend. He, he, and, and I think what made him very dear to me was that he was a person who had, who had experienced one of the rougher lives I, I, I'd ever heard. And, and, and in the midst of prison, he became a new creature in Christ. He, he became a Christian, and, and God granted him a new beginning and, and in fact, gave him a, a, a saint of a wife. I mean, she is just a doll. And he loves her with all of his heart, and he loved Jesus with all of his heart. And he was telling me about how he, coming out of prison, had gotten a job in a warehouse running a forklift. And he did it with a rough crew. And he thought he was used to being with a rough crew until he, he realized one day that, that there was something about being with those guys that, 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 that bothered him. You see, every day at lunch, they would play cribbage. Uh, I, I know that doesn't sound rough, you know, like, you know, whoa, man, you guys, hey, let's play some cribbage. You know, I mean, it, I know it doesn't sound really bad, but it was a manly game of cribbage. And, and as they would play, the rest of the guys would, like they would normally do, spit out the name of the Lord, uh, but, but, but not as the Lord. They would simply say, Jesus, as people often will. And, and, and possessed of the name Jesus in his heart, that bothered him. Carrying that name of Jesus in his heart made him sensitive to that, and it, it wounded him, and it, and, and it grieved him. And, and, and he told me how he, it troubled him, and so he had gone to his wife, and the two of them had prayed about what he should do, and at her, suge her suggestion, he went back to work, and, and, and at her suggestion, he made this his practice. When somebody would say, Jesus, he would quietly say to himself, and you had to know him to know he could do this. Every time they would say, Jesus, he would go, his Lord. Jesus, his Lord. Jesus, his Lord. And, 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 and it was no big deal, except it helped him treasure that name. It was as if the other guys hadn't heard him, but several weeks later, he was late to lunch, and he walked into the room. The game was on, and one of the guys at the table said, Jesus, and then somebody else around the table, all of them looked at each other and goes, Is Lord. It had percolated out of his heart and into their lives as well. And over time, Denny realized that he had found his way to hollow the name of the Lord, and it became his way of introducing these men to the same Lord who had loved them and had given himself for them just as much. 
It's the sort of care I believe that Jesus expects of you me, and me in obedience to, to God's command when he asked us to pray daily, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You got to keep his name holy. Don't ever take it in vain. And having said that, I'm going to ask you to join with me as we come to the close by praying that prayer, taking it to heart. It's the practical daily application of our lives. Would you pray it with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.